Hello and welcome to Case Reopened, the number one Detective Conan Rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Trees, and joining me as always is Colleen. Hello. That's me. Hello. We are covering episode 214 of the Detective Conan anime, um, which is the mysterious retro room case. It's originally aired November 20th, 2000, and the Conan's hint is pepper spray. And Conan says, today's case is about a room full of mysteries. That's like literally every case, Conan. Yeah, especially locked room cases, which this one is not. This is an unlocked room case. Yeah, this is like door wide open. Um, Before we start, I have to say, when I first heard the title, like I had a different idea of what retro room was going to look like. I pictured sort of like 80s neon lights. That's kind of retro. So, um, yeah, it was quite different. Yeah, it's more like 60s retro. Yeah. Or 50s, I don't know. Um, so, this all takes place uh, at a theme park hotel calling. Dolphinland. Dolphinland. <laughs> we haven't been there yet. Have you ever been to like a... Do you often stay at, like, a establishment's official hotel? Have you ever class, classed up that much? No, no. No. Um, so it'll either be one or the other. Like, if I go to a theme park or, like, a theme type of place, like, we have something called Marine Land. So kind of, like, same idea. There's, like, marine wildlife. Oh, like, <laughs> imagine that. Like, I'll go for the day, and then if I'm staying at a hotel, it's just, like, a hotel but i've never really done one that's like a combination like okay. dolphin land hotel yeah okay so the episode begins with conan kogoro and ron getting on the toto train line as they're headed to dolphin land while ron and conan are as kogoro says he's going to go to the horse racing track nearby because he's a gambling addict true that Ron tells him not to spend all their money, but Kogoro is quickly distracted by the sight of two beautiful ladies. He just screams it out. He says, Ooh, beautiful ladies. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, not really subtle, as you know. No, it's very funny, as uh, I'll get to in a few few paragraphs here. There's a, <laughs> there's a sentence where you're like, Kegger warns the women of, like, dangers of other men, and it's like, you are the danger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something about, oh, well, we'll get to it, but something about serial predators, yeah. I made a note about it, too. <laughs> so, luckily for him, one of the women recognizes him as the famous detective. Uh, the one, a travel agent named Kaori Obayashi, says she is his biggest fan, while clothing designer Kuniko Yamamoto is embarrassed by her friend's behavior. Kaori says that they're headed to Dolphin Land. How how do you say this, Colleen? Do you say it like Dolphin Land? Or is it like Newfoundland? Where it's like Dolphinland. Because <laughs> it's know one what? word. I didn't, even, I didn't even, you know, that did not even cross my mind. Um, <laughs> like, you, you think of, like, really deep things <laughs> before recording. Um, I thought it was the first one, so Dolphin Land. Okay, so not Dolphin Land. Dolphin Land is... I, I do quite like the ring to that. It's kind of fun to say. 
Yeah. Why don't you just say it that way then? Yeah, Kogura's like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to Dolphin Lynn too. So he changes his plan <laughs> just to be with the ladies. Their third friend, who Kogura calls another hottie, then arrives. And she is a housewife named Kanami Kanita. What did you think about these three hotties, Colleen? Uh, all very different. Um, like, I as soon as they started talking about how they're all friends and they like sort of did fashion at one point or another, like one of them's housewife now, so that doesn't count. But like immediately, I was like, oh, okay, I remember this case because prior to that, I I had no idea what was gonna happen. Um, they all like. I, I had a guess as to who was the perpetrator, but at, at first I wasn't 100% sure. I got a guess very soon. I'll tell you immediately when I have it. It's coming up soon. But then I was like, oh, this person definitely killed the other. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, yeah, because I'll tell you when... It might actually have been the same time that we uh, we both realized that this person might be the culprit so it turns out that all three women went to the same university they had a get together last week but one of their group members was working abroad and was unable to make it that's why they're meeting for drinks today the final woman is said to be the most beautiful of the bunch and is a children's clothing designer named naomi fujimura kogura says that they're all beautiful and talented and that's when we learn that Kuniko is opening her own boutique soon, as she's also a clothing designer. Once I found out that both Kuniko and Naomi have the same, like, broad um, job and career path, I was like, oh, she killed the other. Because <laughs> yeah. th- that's the most basic, like, Conan setup, where, like, they're jilted because one ripped off the other. And that's not really the case here. It wasn't like... I thought she had, like, stolen her designs or something like that. And Me too. Okay. So, so, yeah. You and I had the same, like, guess. And my plan B was, if it wasn't going to be her, it would be the housewife. Like, let's say she had a... Like, she wanted to, a career in fashion and she had, like, all these neat oh, designs. Yeah. And then the victim stole her stuff and it, became famous it was definitely not kaori because she's the one like dragging the world-renowned detective to a murder <laughs> scene that's right which is not something so i was able to like just okay it's definitely not her because she's like very way too happy to see a world class detective if she had committed a murder yeah for his biggest fan she was very um like calm about it like she didn't ask for an autograph or anything she wasn't like hanging on to Kogoro. so it was kind of refreshing to see someone be a fan but not be a fanatic you know what now that you mention that um it kind of makes uh kuniko's response a bit more telling because she's like acting embarrassed with her she's like oh you don't act like this and uh you know once she realized it kind of makes her reaction there makes a bit more sense upon uh, reflection there. Mm-hmm. So the train arrives, so they all hop on as Kegaro is excited to meet the fourth beauty, who will certainly be alive and not dead when they get there. You think one would be enough, but no, Kogoro gets four of them. They arrive at Dolphinland. And <laughs> they then get to the hotel, which was just remodeled a month ago. Uh, it all has this retro room motif 
which is modeled after after the hotel's humble beginnings as a ryokan, which is a Japanese-styled inn. They go to Naomi's room, which is number 503, and she seems to still be sleeping in at 2 p.m. Also, something that I noted as suspicious was they were like, oh, what room is it? And Kuniko was like, oh, 503. She didn't even check for it. She knew it. Right. She couldn't be that good with numbers. Yeah, because I, I, even when I'm staying at a hotel, I can never remember what my number is. So I always have to <laughs> yeah, check of your card. own room. Yeah, right? so like my friend would definitely not know unless they had gone there earlier to commit a murder. My or eyes, they were a very, very good friend. My eyes are <laughs> on you, Kenika. Um, and it appears that Naomi is still sleeping in at 2 p.m. as her laundry is on the doorknob. And there is a do not disturb sign there. What's your hotel protocol, Colleen? Are you letting the help in every day? Or are you putting that do not disturb sign up and uh, keeping them out during your stay? I've never used the do not disturb sign. Wow. Um, so I am all like, about the do not disturb sign. <laughs> this, like, the hotel is literally for me to sleep in. Like, I wake up. In the morning, I go do whatever I'm supposed to do, sightseeing, whatever I'm doing on vacation, and then I come back and the room's all cleaned up and ready for me to sleep again. Nope. So. Mine stays. <laughs> the bed doesn't get made a single time. I'm, I do not want anybody entering the room. That's always been my approach. You live on the wild side, Colleen, just letting people into your room imagine <laughs> um i guess i mean i don't leave anything of value in the room if that's what's uh what the problem is yeah but what uh what your uh are your clothes not of value colleen what they steal one of your cute shirts huh like <laughs> yeah all my cute shirts are coming with me on vacation so this is probably very telling as to how often i s actually spend time in hotels like nearly never <laughs> or i'll spend like a night because i don't have these these uh like i don't even have to think about it yeah okay so kuniko says the door is unlocked and they enter uh Cougar is about to wander in as well but ron holds him back she's like she doesn't know you don't be a weirdo however <laughs> the women soon scream so they all rush in to find Naomi on the floor, having been stabbed and killed with a knife. Um, so, uh, fashion corner, Colleen. Was she the most beautiful? <laughs> um, like, was she slaying uh, in her? This is really a fashion corner. This is more like human a beauty corner. corner. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're basically asking me... Gee, Colleen, was the corpse more beautiful than the three other the living casket ladies? Corner. <laughs> the casket corner. There you go. Do you prefer Trademark your that. women alive? Oh, we're not, not going. <laughs> um. Yeah. Obviously. Like I, I don't. I, I probably liked the the housewife the best. She was kind of cute. <laughs> like in a, she like she seemed like the friendliest and. Just the sweetest one, so Yeah, that's that's why that's why she's the only one that got wiped up. There you go. 
And I don't know when they say they call her chubby at one point. I'm like, what are they talking about? Yeah, she's like, oh, I'm not trying to be chubby. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're perfect just the way you are, whatever your name is. Konami, who, like, does Konami. nothing of note the entire episode. It's true. I almost wanted her to be the murderer and have, like, that revenge. Like, I was supposed, I was destined for greatness, and then she stole my design. That probably so would have been more interesting. Yeah. And, um, she was also the one that appeared, uh, late, so it kind of made sense. Like, yeah. that was the only, like, suspicious thing about her, that she arrived, like, a few minutes later than the others, and it's like, oh, was she returning from the scene of the murder? But, uh, she's just a little late. She was late. Takes her longer because she said chubby. Because she has to make breakfast for her family. Kogura tells the woman not to touch anything, and then the television is turned off, which Conan explains is due to a coin-operated timer rather than anybody actually touching it. Kogura then has Ron call the police, so she gets to be helpful. Yeah, <laughs> That was Ron's only purpose in this episode. Pretty sure. Unless she said something, and I can't remember. No, she says nothing oh. except for, like... At the after the end scene, right. or does she? Did you remember? Well, the whole like let's go to Dolphin Land, that, Dolphin Land. That's Ron's doing, and that then at the end, did she say something during the show? Maybe she said they were lucky after they just encountered their five thousandth murder case. Oh yeah, that's right. She's Which, like, we're <laughs> just the luckiest. <laughs> I mean, that I don't know about you. That ending scene was a little like almost too happy they're like yeah, okay we just solved this murder and then oh look dolphins yay yeah and like I, we'll talk about it when we get there but I, I fully agree with you there so ron calls the police and inspector megary arrives and he's like kogoro you're here again i have to talk to you later this is, <laughs> why do you keep showing up i love this running gag uh, we see Chiba for five seconds. <gasps> My heart sang. I was like, yay, Chiba, finally. And Megary's like, take care of these women, Chiba. He's like, yes, sir. Then he never is never seen for the rest of the episode. <laughs> he's just getting his feet wet. He's uh, he's just starting out into the episodes. But he does actually look like Chiba, at least. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh, fake Chiba is gone. <laughs> yeah, so he's starting to look like Chiba. Uh, we didn't see Officer Tome, who's the investigator guy, and he finds pepper spray in the victim's pocket. Kegura says she might have carried it while working overseas, as, and I quote, there are a lot of sexual predators in America. Okay, so, Tyler, what do you have to say about this? <laughs> it just, it's just rich coming from Kegura, who, like, we see constantly, like, fondling women... Uh, making all these approaches. Like, she's exactly who, like, she would buy the pepper spray to, like, defend herself from. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah, like, as if Kogro is the perfect gentleman. Yeah, he's like, like us, the, the barbarians in America. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. Regarding the television, Takagi explains that you can watch one hour of television for 100 yen. And if you remember, Colleen, a yenny is a penny, so that's about $1 American, and I don't know what it is in Canadian. <laughs> uh, with the current 
uh, rate of exchange, probably like dollar thirty. Okay. I don't know. I haven't checked. Please go and check, <laughs> and don't take my word for it. So you can only insert one coin at a time, and the time of death is between noon and one p.m. So that means she was likely killed after turning the TV on. Conan then points out there's a bunch of weird candy on the floor, and Megary recognizes a lot of the candy from his youth. So it's a bunch of like uh, olden brand candy. Megary's old. Yeah, it's all scattered about the floor. He's like, oh, there's a sucker. He definitely calls lollipops suckers, right? (laughs) Does anyone call them that anymore? Just like old people. (laughs) Like, you have to be (laughs) Megary old to be like, oh, there's a sucker. Do you want a sucker there, son? Or a lolly. Lolly. (laughs) No, lolly's like infantile. You think someone's, like, kids are calling them lollies, though? Because they can't say the pop. They say, lolly, lolly. I want a lolly. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess you spend more time around kids than I do. Do I? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Well, you were smart enough to think of that. I was like, oh, gee, I guess you you have a point. I don't know. I don't know when the last time I saw a kid. Uh, On TV, maybe? <laughs> I guess we saw Conan. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's a kid. Conan then points out some melted ice cream on the floor, and they find two types of ice cream in the fridge. Kegra says that she must have been attacked after turning the television on, but before eating her ice cream. However, the ice cream from the fridge doesn't match the ice cream on the floor, which is, like, really weird and blatant that they don't pick up on this. Right? And Conan's the only one that does? Yeah. Like, who was a Tomei was like, who are the other ice creams? And I'm like, um, is nobody noticing this? <laughs> yeah, the wrappers look nothing alike. And Conan wonders if the victim bought it, and then notices condensation on the table, and Kagan is like, ah, who cares? <laughs> Not important. A keen eye for details is Kagan. That's right. I'm sure it was suicide. <laughs> They learn from a maid that the dry cleaning was brought at 1 p.m., but they didn't knock due to the do not disturb sign. Good job, maid. Conan then asks if the door was locked, but the maid didn't try the door because the do not disturb sign. The signs work, Colleen. They're important. Evidently. I love how Kogro was like, that's not relevant. And Megri's like, no, that's a good question. Go on. Takagi then finds the victim's cell phone under the table and sees what the last call is. Damn, Takagi. Always on point. (laughs) Yeah, he does his menial tasks quite well in this episode. (laughs) Shout out to Takagi. Um, It was Tekniko at 1.08pm. Kogoro notes that was when they were all at the train station together, thus freeing the women from suspicion and proving that she was alive at 1.08pm. Kuniko says Naomi called to tell them to hurry up, and then all the timeline of the events is all repeated again. So they just go through. Just pretend we read the whole paragraphs again. <laughs> you know, just in case you forgot. Yeah, this kind of felt like the filler section. It's like, I don't mind those recaps in a two-parter, because there was a week, and there's like a lot of stuff going on, but it's like, we just went through this sewer, <laughs> and nothing was that convoluted. Like. 
uh, okay, the thing was turned on, so it was within the hour. There was a phone call. And they spend like three minutes going over it, and it's like, this has no use. So, Conan notes that this is a very well-thought-out murder, but he believes he knows who the culprit is. However, he doesn't have proof just yet. As the women walk by him, Conan hears the sound of plastic in one of the pockets of the women, and Conan notes that the culprit must still have the evidence on her, and now he's confident that he will solve the case. Wow, how convenient. So one second he's like, dang, I have no evidence. And then like he just happens to find it. It's amazing. So Megary tells the women that they can leave. And Kogoro's like, you know what? I'm going to leave with them. <laughs> oh, Kogoro. That sexual predator is coming out. Yeah, he's like, don't worry, ladies. You don't need your pepper spray. I'll protect you. Earlier Let's just on, grab that do not disturb sign while we're at yeah, it. Yeah, earlier on he was also like, uh, before Chiba was uh, issued to take care of the woman, he was like, I'll be their bodyguard. <laughs> oh, Kogoro. But before Kogoro can, uh, you know, sexually harass these women, he kind of knocks them out with his dart. So he goes to sleep. And becomes useful. Conan, as Kogoro says he can't leave just yet, as this is a premeditated murder, and the criminal is actually one of the lovely ladies. And Megumi just says, this guy lacks tact sometimes. Which is hilarious, because this is Shinichi, basically, talking. Like, of course, Shinichi, like, does not care about, you know, being... Like, he just says it like it is, whether it's a lovely lady or not. Kyogre notes that Naomi never used her pepper spray, which meant that she knew her attacker. Additionally, the room key was on the table, so if it was a burglar, they would have locked the door on the way out to dis- delay the discovery of the body. As for the time of death, Kyogre reveals that she actually died around 12.20pm, not 1pm. So that's a big shock. Gee, how did that happen? Yeah, we now get our extended trick explanation here. Megary brings up the television being on, and Kogoro reveals that the candies were used for that matter. Kogoro brings out Conan, who then sets up the trick. The ice cream and the string candy was used with the string going over the coin slot, and the ice cream bar uh, basically building a bridge between like the TV knob and the furniture. Finally, on the other side of the string, goes beneath the ice cream bar, so it kind of holds it in place. And then a coin is placed on the slot, but it doesn't go inside because the string is blocking it. So it's it's pretty simple when you see a visual. I'm not sure how simple it is to get that <laughs> visual from this, but uh, we're kind of limited here. It's pretty nifty. It's like, imagine... A uh, vending machine, but the coin isn't going inside. Yeah, it's just blocking it because of the string. But once the ice cream bar melts, it slips through the crack and pulls the string down. And thus, the coin can now go in and the TV is activated. Uh, candy was then spread around the TV to hide the trick. So, pretty nifty. I, I quite enjoyed that one. Like, I like these Rube Goldberg type of tricks. It just makes me think that... like. 
because this is an anime original, right? So, yeah. like, the production team was like, okay, let's just sit around and come up with these. We've got some string, a coin, uh, and some ice cream. What do you guys have? I also like just how specific the trick is to this room. Because when else, other than this, ooh, we got cute with the design. We're going to have retro everything, and we're going to have a coin-operated TV. Like, we're never going to see a coin-operated TV anywhere else. So, like... Like, to build a murder case around it, like, pretty clever. Yeah, and it kind of makes you wonder, like, did the murderer specifically think of the trick and then, like, maneuvered everybody into place, like, the victim to stay in this hotel? Or uh, what was up? Like, did she come up with it on the fly after she realized that the victim was staying at the hotel? Anyways, it's uh, interesting just to see the thought process that went into like the trick itself like did um like you said if the tv wasn't there like how, how would she have done it yeah sure uh Kigura also brings up the condensation and says that was proof of the trick as well and notes that the ice cream bar was newer than the types in the retro fridge here additionally the killer didn't lock the room so the trick would work Kegura explains that if the door had been locked, her friends wouldn't be able to open the door and watch the TV turn off automatically. And that is essential, as the trick is meaningless if it isn't seen. So it wouldn't build the alibi if nobody knew the TV was on. Yeah. This show, like Detective Conan, has trained me to be suspicious of perfect alibis. <laughs> Kuniko then brings up that Naomi called her at 1.08 p.m., and that's when Kogoro says the killer used the victim's cell phone. And that is when everybody realizes that Kuniko is the culprit as she faked the conversation. She was just talking to herself, Colleen. <laughs> as some people do, but not in the way that she did it. So what do you think about Kuniko being the murderer? We both had the same suspicions, but uh, it turns out to be true. Yeah, saw it from a mile away. Like I said, I was like, plan B, it was the housewife. But as the episode rolled on, I was like, okay, it's definitely not her. But at the beginning, I, I kind of was uh, sort of leaving my options open. Apart from the third friend. Or, yeah. <laughs> so the housewife does so little in this episode that my only mention of her name is when she arrives. <laughs> The first, right. the first and only mention. Pretty sure um, the rest of the time she's sort of like cowering in the corner and has like her knuckle to her lips like, oh no, what's going on? Yeah, and Kaori also does so little. She was only, she only received two mentions and like she's also very much dismissed early on because she's the one dragging Kagura there. Right, so. that's her only purpose. She's like, well, I'm a big fan. They're... Ergo, we must go with you. Yeah, it was like Kuniko's the only person that had like some involvement through the phone call and had some depth to her character where like, oh, she's having a boutique open soon. This is an exciting time in her career and everybody else was very one note. So it kind of made it, it was definitely a little bit telegraphed and I guess... Figuring out the trick of the alibi is more of the draw here. And I do think the trick was well done. So mm -hmm. I don't think it's a total miss or anything. Which kind of makes you wonder, why didn't they bother doing it 
um, the way that you know the murderer is off the bat, and then it's just the the trick that you need to figure out. Here it's like, okay, we're gonna make it super obvious, but we're still not gonna tell you just in case you want to figure out who the murderer is. I will say, um, I am on the Detective Conan World Wiki right now. Shout looking out at the characters. Oh, I thought you were looking at the ad. And right next to the characters is our advertisement for this for the podcast. Very exciting. How exciting. And you spend oodles of money on that. Yeah, just all the Patreon money immediately went to this. We're broke. Yeah. I'm in the negative now. Yeah, so thank you, everybody. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's cool. We have uh, an ad running on the D- Detective Cone World Wiki. So that's fun. Tell all your friends. Tell all your friends. Check out the ad. I guess you can just tell them about the podcast. It'll be more direct that way. <laughs> no, tell them. Tell them <laughs> you got to go to the Detective Cone World Wiki. Uh, scroll down. Keep an eye on the left hand side. Don't scroll down too far. You'll pass it. And look at the ad, and then you click on the ad, and then it goes to the podcast. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah. Um, Kuniko did it. That bitch. She was jealous. Dude, really, yeah. Um, so after committing the murder, Kogoro says that she took Naomi's phone and dialed her own while keeping it in her pocket. Once back in the hotel room, she then returned the phone. Kuniko asked for proof, and Kogoro says, You have it on you. Why don't you show everybody the plastic bag in your pocket? And it turns out that she had kept the phone in that bag. And Takaki then just was like, I'm sorry, ma'am, but I've got to put my hand in your pocket. And she's like, ah! He just grabs it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to describe it now, but watching it was like, where did that come from? He finds the bag, and Kogoro tells him to hold it up to the light. And they find several fingerprints on it, including many in a vertical pattern. Kogoro says he noticed something interesting about her phone, and that her phone number, if you were to call it, it entirely uses the center column of buttons. So that's the 2, the 5, and the 8. Of course it does. Now imagine if her phone number wasn't this. Like, would the trick, or would the case be as simple to solve? (laughs) Yeah, this kind of seems silly, but yeah. They got her on another, another act here. And, um, so that matches up with the fingerprints, which are all vertical, and it turns out that she used the bag to prevent prints getting on the phone itself. Kuniko says, oh, shucks. She admits to the murder. (laughs) That's exactly how she reacted. And she says she couldn't forgive Naomi. Her friends ask why, and she says that they both sought a job recommendation in America. Naomi got it, but only after she used... Her feminine charms on the professor. One of those sexual predators. Yeah, one of those American sexual predators. The Japanese guy here. Um, So she found out after the professor let it slip while having drinks with her. I like how this guy was just like, Yeah, so I I fucked Naomi. (laughs) That's why I gave her that job instead of you. The The things people say, well... Under the influence. My goodness. (laughs) (laughs) 
So anyways. Kuniko <laughs> also says, uh, like, everybody's like, why would you do this? You were opening your own boutique. What's wrong? Like, well, why would you throw this all away? And she's like, well, actually, things weren't really going good for my career. I'm actually just, like, miserable and actually kind of bad at the whole clothing design thing. And um, I got fired from my job. <laughs> and then she also, like, apparently has an alcohol alcohol problem. She's, she's like, just because I had a little too much to drink once. Like. Just, like, you, spewing, like, blah, 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 like, all this bad stuff. Like, my usually, life sucks. Yeah, there's usually, like, some sympathy towards the killer. Or they try to build some. But, like, she is just completely unable to accept any of, like, the repercussions of her own actions. Like, Naomi had nothing to do with her getting fired. She hadn't, like, sure. She stole her job opportunity. Like, sure, you didn't get that one opportunity, but, like, that was seven, uh, like, that was multiple years ago. You you had a job, you, you would either move up or move down, depending on your own merits. You, you know, became this miserable person, and then you like, got drunk and acted unprofessional so badly that you got fired for it. And she just completely blames it on Naomi. She says that she took away her own happiness. She sucks, doesn't she, Colleen? Yeah, yeah. What's up, what's up with these hotties being the miserable murderers, huh? I don't know. I cannot relate. Uh, Kuniko then collapses to the floor. As we enter our ending song. <laughs> yeah, she just faints like, oh, this is all too much. And, like, if anybody deserved, like, the classic, like, Conan as Cobra, like, punchline of, like, this is why you're miserable and you need to take the blame, it was her. But we don't get it. Because it's an anime original. Actually, that's not even, I don't know why I said that. Because I can't, I, I don't actually know if only the manga cases have those, like, philosophical. Yeah, but it seemed very, things. very off. And then we get this. Seen after the ending song, which you, you talked about earlier, which is Conan, Rod, and Kegro watching the Dolphins perform. Conan said they got the best seats, and Ron remarks that they sure are lucky. It's like, girl. <laughs> Ron, where have you been for the last two hours, or however yeah, long? you just this... watched a woman, like, get murdered, and you're like, we sure are lucky. Uh, a drunk Kegro then complains that there are only brats here, no babes. And that's when the dolphins perform their trick, which is throwing a bunch of beach balls at the audience. <laughs> what a trick. Yeah, and all four of the balls wind up hitting Kegaro on the head, and it makes him drop his beer. And Conan remarks, good job. Even they know you, uncle. <laughs> <laughs> so hilarious. It is pretty funny, but um, I think they really should have just tied, like, a bit more to the case there. Like, uh... Or at least the babes. <laughs> like, give us <laughs> one more scene of like Kegaro comforting the babes or being like, where's Kuniko at? And they're like, she, she killed the person? Like, She went to the police station? Yeah, either that or I would have settled for the next day we went back to Dolphinland <laughs> to enjoy ourselves. Like, it just seemed like rather no, no, abrupt. No, no, they went back to Dolphinland. Well. Dolphinland. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just abrupt that they were like, all right, well, let's go spend our afternoon watching yeah. the dolphin show. We just saw somebody die. Let's uh, get to the theme park. 
Yeah, kind of awkward. Awkward, yeah. But I still, I don't know about you, I still enjoyed the episode. Um, I liked how it was a compact case, yeah, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Before we get your final thoughts, let's okay. give some thanks to our non-awkward Patreon supporters. Colleen, uh, take it away, give some thanks to our lovely supporters. All right. Shoutouts to medium-sized Jeffrey, Ryan Self, Spencer Young, William Lee, and Big Chief Mason. Thank you guys so much. Thank you all. And uh, Colleen, you were saying that this was a very compact episode. Yes, um, I thought it was at least. Uh, we didn't need to spend too much time on the investigation. Right after the commercial break, we got into the deduction show. We did like we didn't even get to meet the victim or get any flashback scenes with her. Like that whole conversation between her and the professor, like that could have been slipped in just so we knew anything more about her. But um, no, it, it just there's nothing like an efficient murder case, I guess. Um, I I just thought that it was like to the point. Uh, good comedy from Kogro as always. And Conan, uh, I I thought the trick was nifty. Was it the best? No, but like given, you know, the time restrictions that we were under, and you could only pack in so much into one one episode. Um, I thought it was pretty clever. Loved that we got to see the real Chiba. Of course, loved that we got to see Takagi. Um, and Megari was fun too with his little quip at uh, a Kogoro there, like, "Oh, it's you again!" Like. I, um, so yeah, I, I I enjoyed this one. Yeah, it was a fucking case for sure. Um, uh, enjoyable anime original. It's a shame we didn't actually get to really go inside the theme park besides the ending there. Uh, you tease this aquatic park and we barely got to see it. We're spending all the time at the retro hotel. But uh, yeah, like I said, the trick was really neat. It's not like a coin-operated TV is ever going to be brought up. Again. <laughs> like the Bento Box fax machine. Yeah, so it seems like these TVs are kind of uh like like fifties era. So And this was like I don't know, are you looking it up? 'Cause I'm I'm curious, these had to be mostly in hotels and motels. Like this was not a yeah thing that people had in their homes. Yeah, for sure. Um let me see how much yeah, it looks like they were used from 1953 to 1967. So, not not a ton. Yeah, they didn't have a long run. I guess people started complaining, like, um, shouldn't this be in my hotel fee? <laughs> the use of the TV? Yeah, so there's a lot of, like, rental companies and stuff like that. So maybe you're renting a TV as well. Um, man, what a thing. But, uh, yeah, exciting stuff. Yeah, a lot of hotels for sure definitely had those. And hey, guess what? They were a hotel. Mm. Makes sense. So yeah, fun episode. Um, like I said, the uh, killer is a bit obvious, but I think the the whole method of the murder makes up for it, and the alibi is really smart. So I think that's pretty good. The next Conan hint uh, is tied. Which is for the Bay of Revenge, so like an ocean. Or a bay, I guess. Not even an ocean, a bay. <laughs> okay. But we're not 
doing the Bay of Revenge Part 1 just yet. Oh, no. Instead, we are doing the first Detective Conan OVA, which is called Conan versus Kid versus Yaiba, the Grand Battle for the Treasure Treasure Sword. All yeah. right. Three-way battle. Yeah, and this is also exciting. And if you haven't, if you're not like, if you're like, who the hell's Yaiba? <laughs> then boy, let me tell you, you can check out our Patreon. We have been covering Yaiba, which is Gosho Oyama's like first big manga series and his first big uh, anime, as it received 52 episodes, a whole year's worth of episodes. We're about, where are we at? Like 20? Yeah, something, something like that. So, uh, we've been covering Yaiba. It's a fun show, kind of Dragon Ball-like. Um, and, uh, we get to see all these characters. And then we also have Magic Kaido, uh, coverage on the Patreon as well. So all these worlds are colliding, Colleen, for this first OVA. And, uh, I saw it before, but I never saw it when I actually had knowledge of Yaiba. So it was like, oh, kid, and, like... Oh, it's great seeing Conan. But then you'd see Yaiba, and I'd be like, uh, can he go away? I don't want to <laughs> see the people I know. So it's exciting to actually rewatch this soon and to actually know these people. So I'm looking forward to this quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. Same. Um, I, I'm, I was in the same boat when I first watched this OVA. And I don't know if anybody remembers, there, was, there used to be... Well, there was this episode of Pokemon where um, Ash meets, like a little boy that's raised by Kangaskhan and I was always like reminded of that little boy when I watched Yaiba in this OVA so I'm like okay it's the little Kangaskhan wild boy <laughs> but You're now I know I know more yeah you know he's the Kagatora raised uh, <laughs> rather than the Kangaskhan alright so, look forward to that next time. That's exciting. Um, so, uh, Colleen, you can bid adieu. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. And remember, one truth always prevails. <laughs>